Hello and welcome back to the BenHeck.com podcast. I am your host, Ben Heckendorn. And I am Parker Doman. All right, so we have some topics today. So I let's hope see. So. Topic number one, Star Citizen. There was recently an article about it in Forbes. Or maybe it was a hit piece, who knows? So it's been kind of in the news lately, so... Yeah, we could talk about it. Seems like crowdfunding a gaming is like so 2012. Yeah, it seems to be there's not a lot of that anymore. It feels like. I think the amount every year went off a cliff just because of all the late deliveries. Like, what was it? What was that game? Uh, Bloodlines or Curse, Bloodstain, Curse of the Moon or whatever. Yeah, that's like your favorite game ever. Well, they had. Well, I can't. What was it called? Well, let me just go to my Kickstarter. It'll probably be like an artisanal, like uh, artisanal blanket as the top thing. Bloodstained ritual of the night is what it's supposed to be called. So basically, it's a spiritual. It's the mighty number no. nine of Castlevania. Hopefully, it's better than mighty number no. nine. What? Well, they had that eight bit version of it they released last June. Remember? Yeah, and that was actually really good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It might be. Wouldn't it be funny if that turned out better than the actual yeah, game? Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at this point because it actually was a really good. Like, you know, couple-hour game. Yeah, so how late is this? This is like, what, two years late, I think? That sounds about right. Yep, estimated delivery March 2017. <laughs> and when was it completed? It's got a release date now. It's like next month. Yeah, so I guess I'll give that a try. All right, well, we'll come back to that. Another topic uh, you wanted to talk about was how uh, 3D is dead. The TVs, yes. Yeah, and also it's really on the decline for uh, American movies as well, or theatrical release, I should say. And then you were wondering, will Avatar 2 save Yeah, 3D? that's my, like, question for, for us to discuss. Yeah, yeah. A better question is probably for Disney. Will Avatar 2 make the money in China that Star Wars doesn't? And then finally, the big tech story... Ouye? Is that how you pronounce it? Ouye? Ouya? (laughs) Yeah, this giant smartphone company in China is now being blacklisted by everyone. They're more than a smartphone company. They make pretty much any electronic device. Yeah. And so it started out with just like the Justice Department or some sort of Trump thing, but now it's like ARM turned their back on them. I think I just read today like the SD card uh association basically wow, I didn't everyone hear about the sd card because i knew about arm yeah there yeah I, I saw that just earlier today there's some new i think it was something like that some very critical thing uh yeah so we should talk about that and you know yeah i mean who knows well we'll talk about it all right cool so let's start with our first topic star citizen yeah, star citizen so. the game with the largest budget question mark ever Three hundred million dollars. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose it would be. Well, that's how much they raised. Is it how much they True. spent? Do you think Roberts just like yeah. put you know two hundred eighty million into his pocket? Of course not. They have like what that's four true. studios, that's hundreds true. of employees. The thing is, though, that's a lot of burn. And didn't they just recently do another series of funding? Like they yes. were almost That's out. That's what the Forbes so... article is about. I'm right. So I know I, I was, you know, this, I was arguing about this on Twitter. Like game development is very, very expensive because you have to hire expensive employees and you have to hire hundreds of them. And then you have to be in a cool city they want to live mm-hmm. in. So you could. With four studios, you could burn through $280 million oh, yeah. how many, pretty quickly. Do we know how many employees they have? Uh, let me look it up. Star Citizen Studios. Well, it's called Cloud Imperium Games, correct. right? I think they have at least... Okay, well, their main one is in Santa Monica. Expensive. Texas, Austin, Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. expensive, but it's expensive uh, for Texas. It's expensive for Texas. Yeah, it's like Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, okay, yeah, so they have um, Santa Monica, which is basically right 
Mm-hmm. Santa Monica is in Los Angeles. Then Austin, Texas. Uh, Manchester, UK. And let's see. They also have one in Germany. Interesting. Oh, then another one in the UK. Five studios. So, yeah, it looks like, what, four so, or five studios? What do you think? Like, at least 100 people yeah. there at each oh, studio. F- to- to- total staff, 475. Okay. So, let's take... Just really conservative, a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's way Times. too low. Eh, not everyone makes no. a ton of money in the gaming industry. I would say you got to think though, you got to double it because you've got all the overhead of their uh, that the taxes that the company's got to pay for that employee and all the health insurance and yeah, all that stuff. So you got to double. There's that. a lot of there, there are a lot of people in the gaming industry that do not make a hundred thousand dollars though. I mean, yeah, let's just do two hundred k though. Cause that's I think that's too high. Still okay. What well, okay? That hold on. So that's forty-seven million two hundred and eighty divided by forty-seven. That's six years of burn. Although you're right, it's going to be much higher than that because that's just the average employee. Like I'm sure, that's like what, and that's just what employees receive, not the facility costs, and you got to pay taxes yep. on them and all their you know and they, the they have health insurance so. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, well, yeah, uh, uh, you weren't there. We were in uh, Austin, Texas, and there was this house that had been gutted and turned into a bar. So it was just basically this house that was gutted out and turned into a bar. And then we were just, just kind of wondering how much the house was worth. And we looked it up, and it was like $400,000 for this, like, not, I mean, it was probably like maybe a 1,200-square-foot house. Yeah, and there's I think I was watching like one of those beehive pest remover videos, and there was this ratty looking house. And if that house was like in Wisconsin in the country, it would be worth nothing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it would be worth less than nothing because you have to knock it down. But they're like, oh my god, I get this beehive out of here because this house is worth like five hundred grand. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm just saying these are expensive locations, which makes the cost of employees even higher. Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing. If there's development, at the end of the day, even if a game isn't made, these people were employed for five or six years. Um, the heads of the studio probably get pretty good paychecks for five or six years. You know, the money isn't gone. It's just been turned into salaries, which has turned into mortgages or, uh, or cars. You know what I mean? So you're saying that people on Kickstarter are enabling trickle-down economies? <laughs> people on Kickstarter would hate to think that. At least but, for no, I'm just saying, game development. <laughs> like, if, if, there's like, if there's like a stock crash and like a company loses like 20% of its value, that money is gone, even though you could say it never existed in the first place. Sure. But, yeah. But the thing is, if people don't get a game out of it in the end, then they will be pissed. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about like, well, even like well, Jerry Ellsworth's cast AR. I mean, that, you know, when she got the VC, it didn't go anywhere, but everyone still got paid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the the money still, it's like matter. It's not created or destroyed. It's just, you know, if, if, they, if they find some whale to buy a ship for $10,000, that is somewhat half of someone's uh, Prius. Correct. What's your take on it? Um, I, I think they, because uh, the problem is it's, what, what's the guy's name that runs, runs Chris it? Roberts. Chris Roberts, yeah, is he's been known to kind of be, like a super creator and very, I, I guess, like micromanaging people, like nothing can get approved apparently at this developer studios. Without his approval, which seems to slow stuff down a lot, and there's a lot of redo stuff. It actually sounds a lot like Duke Nukem, where Duke Nukem Forever was kind of like riding on its own, you know, popularity for a long time, and mm-hmm. the the people funding uh, funding the developers just, you know, they got to the point where they're just like, oh, we can do this now because technology is there. And they will start over or, you know, 
expand the scope, feature creep it, so to speak. It, well, that definitely happened with Star Citizen. Yeah, that feels like what's happening with Star Citizen is it's and just then, expanding. Like its feature creep just keeps growing and growing and growing. Back in the day, like I don't know, early two thousands, you know, people started like getting pissed about Duke Nukem Forever. They're like, well, you know, the studio basically is paying for the development themselves, and like, well, we have lots of money, so we can just develop it as long as we want until they run out of money. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, if Star Citizen were to fail, I think that could be catastrophic for crowdfunding of games. Although, as we mentioned, that's already it's already gone way down. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like tanked. I think, I, well, back in like 2011, 2012, 2013, that's when most of the big ones were, including Star Citizen. I think just crowdfunding in general, it's calmed down a lot. Well, I mean, there's been so many failures. Yeah, and I guess the uh, people buying this stuff, I guess, have become more like wary of of, of uh, items and and hardware and stuff like that. Because I, I remember back in you know 2012 and 2014 uh, ish, like every single week was something new that got like a billion or a million dollars on Kickstarter. <laughs> half of them were super wallets yes oh what was that the coolest cooler you remember that one? Oh yeah i think that one had a speaker built into it right yeah and like a margarita mixer it's very specific and then that was the same thing where they what happens every time like they have to get new money in so they are they didn't send anything to the backers but they were selling it on amazon for like twice the price and it's like Clearly, they priced it too low. They had to increase the price, and now they need to get new money in before they can pay back the original backers because the money spent by the original backers didn't go to manufacturing. It went to development. Exactly, and that's what kills them every time. Yep. Yep. And I I know Kickstarter tried to curb that, especially with hardware kind of stuff, where you had to have a working prototype and basically prove your concept was working. Unless... but then you can go to Indiegogo where they don't care. True. Like the, what is it? The Atari VCS box or whatever. That was, that, that was yeah, you were right. That was on Indiegogo. Did that ever it was. do anything? Uh, they, they still say they're going to make it. I kind of doubt it. But it also uh, did not have a prototype. It was faked. But again, it was on Indiegogo, so that's fine. Probably not fine, but acceptable for them. Yeah, I'm looking at their Indiegogo page, and it's still in prototype phase. Do you know what a red camera is? Red film camera? Oh, yeah. Okay, I was talking to someone recently who didn't know what that was. But you do. So back in the 2000s, that thing was like the biggest piece of vaporware. Because mm-hmm. it, it was from the guy who invented Oakley sunglasses. So people were like... This guy, all he does is make sunglasses. He doesn't know how to make this amazing camera that, you know, promises the world. And it's probably like five years of, you know, development and news. But then it did come out and it, it was amazing and it's used on a lot of movies now. It's a really big deal. Yeah, wasn't so Red's it, big deal Dreams was like the modularity of it? Yeah, it's um, it's a camera body and you can attach 35 millimeter lenses to it. So you can basically use it like a film camera. And it shoots like raw, you know, RGB footage. And yeah. And actually, it wasn't that expensive. Like just the camera body itself is $25,000 versus like a 35 millimeter Panavision camera, which is like $250,000. You can get the 8K base model for 25K pretty much. Yeah, but you need lenses, batteries storage but still it's not that bad and it's much much cheaper than 35 millimeter cameras were it's cheaper than a tesla <laughs> yeah well i guess everyone just wanted to relive the glory days of chris roberts wing commander games i think that's what it is that, it's kind of disappointing everything on kickstarter is like do you remember this well i'm gonna remake it well 
bloodstained ritual of the of the demons or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, and that's how Mighty Number no. Nine was like from the OGs of uh, Mega Man, or from and... Tim Schafer who single handedly programmed Adventure of Monkey Island. And... Yeah. <sighs> so that's what I find kind of boring. And same thing with YouTube. It's like it's not really about creativity. It's just about digging up the past. Oh, oh yeah. look at this thing that you remember from the past. That's all Reddit slash R slash gaming is. Is I found this gem and it's like Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> it's like rare. Oh, yeah, it's not even that old. There was millions of those things. <laughs> I did have a cool idea for a project. Okay. Like get one of the Atari Lynx replacement screens. Oh yeah. And then depopulate all the chips on the Atari Lynx and rebuild it into an actual handheld. Oh yeah, you should do that. There's not that much in it. You could make it a lot smaller. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking a replacement screen for that thing yet. Uh, there's two different. There's one I think it uses an FPGA, and then there's a new one that just came out that I believe is a lot simpler. It's like fifty bucks, so I don't know how he did it, but it's much simpler. Yeah, one's one hundred and twenty bucks. One of them uses that bog standard, like uh, what is it, seven seven twenty by four eighty two screen you know the playstation yeah portable screen yeah so yeah i thought that might be kind of cool it's basically there's a i think there's like two ram chips a cpu video chip and like there's like five or six chips in it it's not that bad yeah I, a long time ago i got to the point of basically using the fpga to sniff the the uh lcd data off of links right because I mm -hmm. and I, I kind of stopped working on that project because there are no good games on the Atari Lynx. So why? Uh, why what? what was the no. point of doing it? There's good games on the Lynx. Some name them. It's an excellent port of Rampart, which was the castle defense arcade game. Okay, one game. Road Blasters. Road Blasters is really good. Uh, what else? Oh, it has a port of uh, Stun Runner, which is really well done. So it's got Actually, two games that are clones of other games that already exist. Hey, the Lynx was cool. Yeah, it was cool, but I mean... It was the first home system with hardware scaling. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I do like tell. the Atari Lynx was... 1 over the two. I have I have a two. Even though the one is kinda larger, it I don't know, it just plays better. And well I think a lot of the thick thickness comes from how they have that CFL a, oh, a little yeah. bit behind the screen. Same thing with the game uh, game gear. Mm-hmm. So j just the way the screen was lit actually added a lot of bulk to the console. And battery drainage. Yeah, so anyway, I thought that might be a cool project to do. Yeah, I think it's a cool project. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the question. Do you think Star Citizen will ever be released? I, given the current state of what you can download, because I, I, back in, what, 2012, I I went in on it. Mm-hmm. But I only spent 100 bucks, so I'm not in the hole like some of these people. And I kind of, like, just written it off. Um, maybe I should declare that on my taxes. As a loss. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can actually deduct being scammed. <laughs> Reason for deduction, it's like failed Kickstarter. It's like the number one thing. Well, what? <laughs> so what can you download right now? So you can download kind of like you can like walk around the space station. I think that's the last thing that came out. But there's Exciting. like... But there's not like a lot of things to do. The, the the what's done like the environment is amazing. Like the facial recognition, the like how the environments. Besides the fact there's like no one really walking around, they feel really alive, just from the level of detail they have. If that makes sense. Does it play well? I mean, oh, on my play? machine, no, it is a lag fest. But I'm running, you know. A 970 GTX, so... Oh. 
this thing you need like a hardcore hey 970 gtx is newer than that kickstarter that is true that is true um i don't think it's ever going to come out they have so like content creation wise they have so far to go like just sheer assets that they need to make it'll be early access you know it might be it'd be a live service you know what always bugs me with a lot of these kickstarters they'll say hey well let's use uh broken age as an example they're like we want to make like a LucasArts era point and click adventure, right? Like we have this, you know, idea for a game. And then once it gets really successful, they completely blow up the, uh, the scale yep. of the project, right? So instead of saying, oh, okay, we're going to make this. Well, I think that one, they wanted what, $400,000. So instead of like making a $400,000 game and, you know, selling, you know, $3 million worth of copies of it, they decided to make a three hundred a three million dollar yeah. game. So I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think that's the way to do it. Well, Star um, Citizen from the get go was very ambitious. I don't know because yeah, if you if you keep expanding your goals, you'll never reach them. Just like you know Duke Nukem. But then the most hated or second most hated developer finished them. How hated is Gearbox still? Oh, I think it's just Randy Pitchford that everyone piles on. Chris Roberts is 50 years old. Has Star Citizen been released? No. (laughs) Well, anyway, I guess we'll see if Star Citizen ever is released. I don't think it's ever going to be released. There'll probably come a point where they they run out of money and then they just uh, slap together whatever they have, kind of like Duke Nukem Forever. It might be basically... Chris Roberts needs more money and whoever comes next to give him more money says, you know, you need a publisher or something like that to reel in the timeline. Well, who knows? I mean, it says, it says he's 51. So maybe he just wants to like have a cushy job for a few more years and then just retire. That, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I guess we'll see. All right. Next topic. Is 3D dead? For TVs, yes. 100%. How do you know this? Uh, I think it's like no manufacturers made a 3D TV since 2016. Yeah, I think it was just a gimmick to sell more TVs. Well, after 4K, what was next? 8K. Yeah, like you need an 8K TV five feet away from you it's like you need a 4k tv five feet away from you <laughs> yes yes i do have 4k 24 inch monitors though that are two feet away from me and i enjoy them yeah, so, can you see the pixels on them i can see the colors duke the colors it's a 90s commercial reference there well i'm excited to get my 4k <laughs> blu-ray remastered of batman 1989 that's coming next week Oh, yeah? Yeah, they finally, allegedly, finally remastered it and did, like, a good transfer. Like, the blue, hmm. the Blu-ray of it doesn't look that, doesn't look doesn't that look great. Doesn't look that good. I mean, well, I think I also have the, uh, well, not, well, no, just Blu-ray of Ben-Hur, which is, like, obviously a much older movie than Batman. And it that looked, was shot on 70, though, right? Yes. Uh, 70 millimeter uh, anamorphic, so 70 millimeter with a squeeze. But anyway, the restored version of that, it looks amazing. So there's no excuse why Batman can't, even though I'm sure Batman was just shot on 35. It, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent on these re-releases of movies, um, like upscaling and stuff, because sometimes stuff does not look that good anymore. There are two sites you can go to. It's um, Real or Fake 3D and Real or Fake 4K. Okay. There are still modern movies that are entirely made inside of a 2K pipeline. Well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about old movies that get remastered. But they're shot on film, so they have a good amount of resolution. But the thing is, the lower fidelity that you saw them hid a lot of the special effects. Oh, yeah, like bad matte paintings. Yeah, the, the one that always jumps out is 
Indiana Jones when they're flying in the airplane uh, and just how bad that matte painting is. Whereas when you watch it on like a TV. Are you talking about Temple of Doom when the plane crashes? No, th- that is also That actually looked okay because I think it w- that was a model. Um, no, yeah, this but is the there, is, there is some there is some composite jitter, you know, like when the plane crashes in the background and the and the what inner tube lands yes. on the snow. Yeah, aren't you like one of the many people, and that's like your favorite Indiana Jones movie? That is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. You know, I it's so weird. Go, I went to go see that in the theater last week. I know so <laughs> many people, and that's their favorite Indiana Jones movie. It's so whereas good. whereas in the internet, it's like everyone's least favorite because there's only three. Yes. It's weird how that works. <laughs> um, I huh. think most people like the third movie the best. Because it's like a which is, father-son story. Which is actually, I would, I like it more than I used to, but it's still the worst. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the worst of the three official Indiana Jones movies. Yes, it's, it's just not that, I don't know, it just doesn't feel as Weren't inspiring. you there? Weren't, weren't you there when we watched it at uh, David Van Ness's house a couple years ago? Yeah. Like, I was surprised how much visible monofilament was in that movie. You know, fishing line? Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. That's what like, I'm saying you, is because that was like a high, you know, re-release version of it that's been cleaned up so you can see that stuff. Yeah, in Blu-ray. Like um, uh, when he's on that boat and he's punching the guy and he's like, my soul is prepared. How is yours? You can see monofilament pulling the front of the boat. Uh, there was mono. Remember when Sean Connery tilts the chair back and it opens up the secret passageway in the castle? There's monofilament on the chair. Okay. Uh, I think there was mono. Then when they go outside and they've got that boat that goes away and they come out of the crate, there's monofilament there. There's a ton of visible monofilament in that movie. Yeah, but back in the day, you wouldn't see it because it's just the grainy. Right, but here's the thing: when they release those on Blu-ray, they actually digitally cleaned up the reflection of the snake. When Indiana Jones falls into the snake yes. pit. Because, you know, there was glass between them and the snake. So that was – oh, no, there, there was two things they changed. They painted out the stick that was operating the boulder, like the, the axle. Okay. And then they painted out the reflection of the snake in the very first shot where he goes in the pit. But they didn't erase all the monofilament in Last Crusade, which is actually a lot more noticeable. Yeah, I wonder why they did that. Because I never even really noticed the reflection of the snake that watch. Um, until someone pointed right. it out to me, and then, the, and the rock shadow is it, no, the rock axle is hidden in shadow, but the monofilament is something that appears once the resolution goes mm-hmm. up. Uh, that was another thing about Ben Hur, like in the beginning when like Jesus is born and they have the matte painting of whatever wherever it was he was born, Earth, and you know it's a matte paint. Yeah, you know it's a matte painting because it must be a matte painting, but it's like amazingly well done. So that was that was a case of where the Blu-ray actually just showed you how good the matte paintings were. Although uh, there's another movie I watched. Um, oh yeah, because I bought the Xbox One S just to have a 4K Blu-ray player for when Batman comes out. But so I wanted to <laughs> test the Blu-ray player, and I put in the Good, the Mad, the Ugly because I bought it on Blu-ray but never watched it. I mean, I've seen it before. Uh, and the part where uh, Tuco comes into the window. He's like, there are two kinds of spurs, my friend. Those are coming by the door and by the window. And behind him is like the city. But on the Blu-ray, you're like, oh, that's a painting of the outdoor of the city. Oh, okay. It's pretty good, but you can tell it's a matte painting. But I never realized because I'd never seen that movie anything past DVD. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because I saw – the first time I saw Indiana Jones, all the movies, um, I saw them on TV first. Mm -hmm. And then – re-rented them on VHS and then it really when I started watching like I got a copy of the DVDs and that's when I was like oh wow these backgrounds do not look good <laughs> those matte paintings the early well it's not a surprise but like the early Evil Dead movies have pretty pretty poor matte paintings as well yeah but I mean those movies are kind of campy so I, sus- really I suspect that will probably trigger me when I watch Batman because that movie also has a lot of matte paintings. Oh well. So, um, 3D movies. Well, <laughs> in, in America, the theatrical release, there's not that many 3D showings anymore. It's way down Correct. from a few years ago. However, in China, 
one of the many things that you have to do in your movie to get it approved for Chinese. I almost said audience. Well, I almost said audiences, but I really meant government. Is it has to be in 3D. So that's why you have movies like what was the last Born supremacy movie? Like the Born, Jason Born, whatever it was. Reborn Eight. Jason Born again. Um, the origin story. You know, like the shaky cam close-up movies. That had a 3D conversion done just because of China. So I guess with a 3D conversion, they go in and morph each frame. They have a bunch of people in probably India or something go in and rotoscope, basically spline trace out people, and then they have to do two perspectives. So they actually have to shift the characters based off depth and then recreate the background in the gap. It's amazing that with how cheap it is to film digital now, that that is the cheaper option. Because that's done in India, not a union film crew. The labor is astronomically more expensive on the film crew and while you're trying to get a movie done while the sun's coming down versus paying a bunch of people in cubicles to sit there and click on it. But you would just have the two cameras sitting right next to each other on the same rig and you have one button that just presses go. So I mentioned earlier, there's a site that tells you if a 4K Blu-ray is fake or not, basically if the movie was 4K. Mm -hmm. So something like Die Hard. Die Hard was shot on film, edited on film, transferred to 4K, therefore it's real, right? Gotcha. But then a modern movie, they might shoot it in 2K and post-process it in 2K and then blow it up to 4K and it's fake. Gotcha. Or they might shoot it in 4K and process it at 2K, still fake. Anyway... What were you talking? Three D TVs. We were talking about crap, why. Lost... Why is it? it? It just blows my mind that all it takes to do a three D perspective is just to have the cam- another oh. camera sitting next to it on the same chassis, and it's just controlled with the same shutter button or the same you know record button. Well, I don't. Okay, I don't know how the process works, but. They must have decided at some point that it was cheaper to hire a bunch of people in some other country to do it than to actually film it that way on set. There could be other things too, because like if think about it this way, if you film it if you film it in three D, you also have to do two frames of all the animations or the CGI. Uh, that actually might be what it is. Versus, you know, oh here's here's Thanos. Cut around him and then shift the perspective. I mean, think about like the when they did the Hobbit. Remember, and it was in 48 frames a second. So they were doubling the number of 48, frames needed for 48 animation. 48 frames a puke a second. <laughs> right, but I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, well, doubled the render time required. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just saying at some point they decided it was cheaper to do it the other way. And because I'm sure the audiences in China don't care as much. They're, they're, well, we're also not very discerning, but they seem to be less discerning. Because the, the movies where they post-process it, it's better than it used to be, but it's still very shallow because you can only shift and replace the background so mm-hmm. much and keep it consistent. That's why there's usually a shallower depth. Yeah, of it's probably like just the person's face and what they're doing is got a 3D perspective on it. Yeah, and then the older shitty ones, if anyone had any frizzy hair, they wouldn't even bother. So their head would look like it's in the foreground and the hair would look like it's in the background because there's no depth to it. Because they couldn't like trace out all the hairs, they probably have software to do that now. Anyway, I was talking. Oh yeah, so I was talking about that real or fake, real or fake 3D, real or fake 4K. So there's another site called Real or Fake 3D, which will tell you if a movie was actually filmed in 3D, right? So right after Avatar hit big, yeah, Avatar was the first like they, you have to see it in 3D. It was like the resurgence of 3D for movies. There, well, there were 3D yeah, movies before that. For modern yes, that consumers, was, like, it was. The resurgence, so to speak. So right after Avatar, there was like this brief phase where they like post-processed a lot of 3D movies, like basically faked it. Yes. Like one very famous example was a Clash of the Titans where it was like terrible. But then once they got it in the pipeline, most of the 3D movies were actually shot in 3D. But then like around 2014, there's this drastic shift. And now the majority of 3D movies are faked. Unless they're animated movies, in which case they very simply yeah. just render two frames. You know, like it, when everything is in, is CG. 
So I'm sure there are a lot of things to think about with 3D filming that, you know, you or I would, wouldn't think of. You know, like if the subject's too close to the camera, you can't you can't mm-hmm. put the camera just anywhere because there's two perspectives. And so that's probably why they just think it's cheaper to pay someone to rotoscope around Brad Pitt's face. <laughs> so, so why is it the why is it dying though? Why do people just not care about 3D movies anymore? At least in our country, I know uh, I completely avoid it uh, wherever possible. Well, it also it also drives up the the price. Yeah, going to a movie is already mm-hmm. too expensive, like let alone an extra three dollars. Uh yeah, let me see. Let's see. I'm just gonna look at the fancy theater near here, which I actually don't go to anymore because uh Max opened my eyes to Netflix brew house. Or no. I was about to say brew house. Netflix, they might get sued. It's like uh, What's it called? Flix Brew, mm-hmm. Flix Brewhouse, I think. Flick, yeah, Flix Brewhouse. It's the best Alamo Drafthouse ripoff I've ever been to. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Here is the local big theater. Uh, there are two screens with 3D Aladdin, which is the new movie. And that's it. So for today at my local Drafthouse, there are no 3D movies. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's 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 not it's not just me saying it's going. Americans are don't care anymore, probably because the cost of going to movies is already too expensive. I don't think that's the reason. Because again, if movies are already expensive, what is another three dollars at that point? I think it's because people just don't enjoy the experience. Why do people go to a ratty ass dollar store to save fifty cents on dish soap? Well, they usually buy other things. They're not just buying one thing. Well, I mean, you know, if you have glasses on, it's like, oh, I have to wear two pairs of glasses What's What I'm saying is I bet you it's people just don't enjoy the 3D movie experience because they have to wear glasses. uh, It doesn't work for everyone. Like most people, it actually doesn't work too well for. um... And here's the thing. Even when it does work, after a while, you don't even notice it because you see 3D all day. Oh, shit, it's worse than that. Okay, so Aladdin just came out, right? There's actually, of all the showings, there's only two showings per day in 3D. A 345 and a 745. That's it. So, that's interesting. So, yeah, it's that's that's quite the reduction. Oh, yeah, John Wick 3. I should go see that. Yeah, I should go see that as well. Actually, they're showing Rocket Man. Um, Here you go, a dog's journey. I saw the trailer for that, and I'm like, I would totally cry if I watched that movie. <laughs> that is one movie I will not watch because it will make me cry. So, as far as 3D is concerned, yeah, it's just like one more thing, you know, like oh, I have to put on this pair of glasses. I have to pay three dollars more. Mm-hmm. The effect doesn't even really, again, since everything's fake now, it's not even that really good of an effect. Well, it's it's interesting when they did The Hobbit at 48 FPS, people were like, this is the next big thing. And that didn't take off with any other movie out there. I don't know. It makes it look like a soap opera. You know, yeah. Movie, movies have been 24 frames a second for like 100 years now. More than 100 years. You know, we're just we're just used to it. Even though 24 frames a second... They picked that because it was like the slowest possible speed they could get away with. Because it was cheap. I don't know. Yeah, but it stuck. And I mean, it's not because like I enjoy a lot of other content in like 60 FPS, like like sports and yeah. stuff like that. So it's not hating on that. It's just like for some reason it just doesn't look right. I don't know what well, it I is. Think but movies movies are like taking you to another world. So the frame rate almost seems like it's in like an otherworldly dreamlike state. Oh, because everything's blurry in the background and stuff. Not really fun. I wouldn't say blurry. Well, it's it's missing information. Mo- motion, <laughs> motion would be blurrier. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we talked about Avatar One being like 
the resurrection of 3D for the modern movie goer. So will Avatar 2 save 3D? Probably not in America. I'm sure they'll have more 3D showings of it than they would for a normal movie these days. Or will Avatar 2 uh, have another gimmick? It's in no, 60 it's FPS just, now. Actually, I think I think it, I think they were making it at a high frame rate, so that that may that may actually come back. Although, who knows? Maybe it won't. But at one point, it, yes, it was going to be high frame rate, like Hobbit. Um, I think Avatar two will like make shit tons of money in China. I, I I think that's half the reason that Disney bought Fox, because China doesn't give a flying fuck about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because the new movies are, you know. They don't have the nostalgia for Star Wars where they'll swallow anything like we do. Unfortunately. Right. But Avatar was one of the first movies that like came out in China, like in the new age of like sending movies to China. So they will and also it involves the ocean. So they will eat that shit up. Huh. Yep. Yeah, if any movies that involves the ocean they love in China. I don't know why. So they need to re-release Waterworld for China. Uh, Titanic was re-released and converted to 3D, and it made 125 million dollars in China. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's more than like any of the recent Star Wars. Because it was a self-contained movie, they didn't need to have a love of a 40-year-old movie, mm-hmm. and it's it's still a good movie, and it has an ocean in it. That's why Aquaman Aquaman did so well over there. Yeah, if you make a movie that involves the ocean, the Chinese uh, citizens love it. Well, that means so Avatar Two will clean up. So the posthumous next posthumous movie needs to be on water. Then, sure. <laughs> oh, you can have a scene where like someone's running towards the possum, and they're like, you know, the da 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 music is playing, and they hug with the ocean so, in the background. A- Avatar Two. They were they were doing motion capture underwater in a swimming pool and writing software to track the dots even with the deflection of the waves on the surface. Huh. So, yeah, they're going hardcore underwater. And also, yeah, so people were having to act underwater, also without scuba gear. So it's kind of like he's making the abyss again. I wonder if the avatars are like mermaids now. The, the second movie involves, like, ocean environments. Yeah, they turn into fish people now. So we get to see fish fuck. Or they just... <laughs> They're going to have those fish fucking hair braids or whatever oh, it yeah. was. I I could, I didn't, didn't understand why Avatar was so successful. I mean, I, I thought it was, like, pretty meh. It personally. was very meh. The end, the end battle is really good. Like, nobody shoots action better than Cameron. Sure. Now I really like Titanic. It's like the character. It's oh, it's kind of the same movie. It's like these two characters from different worlds, you know, don't like each other. They meet, they fall in love, and then everything goes to hell. Mm-hmm. It's the same movie, basically. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I guess maybe because Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet are real people and not CGI Smurfs. Yep. I don't know. But like at the end when the action kicks off, it's it's excellent. I'll take your word for it. But yeah. Wait, wait oh, have you seen, seen Avatar? I don't remember much about it because it was really boring. <laughs> I, I was so excited for that because I'm a huge James Cameron fan. I went to that midnight pre-release showing IMAX 3D. Dang, I just went to my local AMC. And I w- oh, yeah. And I was just like, meh. Like, it, it like felt long. Yes, it felt way longer than it should have been. Now... Actually, I, I didn't remember the Avengers Endgame. I just remember having to take my glasses. I, I had to take my 3D glasses off because my eyes were hurting. What's a cell phone manufacturer or company? Huawei. Huawei. But they make more than cell phones, right? Yeah, their the, their main source of revenue is like like networking stuff, like switches and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, so that was the big thing. Is like last year. The U.S. government said you can't buy stuff. If you're a U.S. government like entity, you can't buy anything from Huawei um, over security concerns. And 
it's kind of snowballed into companies are just like us based companies are just starting to refuse to do business with them or pull their IP from yeah. them. Like in terms of arm arm is not a us based business. It's a UK based, but they have a lot of offices here in the States. So is this just more trade war stuff or is there actually a security issue? What's, what's the dirt? So there is evidence of, Stuff in Huawei networking stuff that is doing really weird things. Um, I would not use them. I, I basically think about it is China's government owns pretty much any big business there in China. Right, because it's communist. And so, yeah, and so they own Huawei. And you think the NSA is bad here in the States and they're meddling and, and getting into um, security systems and finding out, you know, what cat pictures you were looking at. Think about if like the NSA owned Samsung and Apple directly. And at least there's like, you know, this little thing called the bill of rights that will at least slow down our government. Barely, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, one could say that the NSA wants monopoly on spying on us, which I'm sure is a big part of it. Probably. Um, I wouldn't use their stuff mainly because, there is probably 100% for sure a backdoor in there. Well, again, what was it, a couple of years ago? Like, the government wanted a backdoor, or they wanted Apple to crack devices for them, and Apple's like, no. Correct. So it's... I guess, I mean, when a push comes to shove, I guess I would default to trusting my own government more than, like, the Chinese government. But... It's still governments, you know. They're always up to something. Exactly. Hmm. They can't just be happy with the tax money. Now, conspiracy theory time. <laughs> sure. Is is Cisco going to write a big check to Trump next year? I don't is I... Samsung? Huawei was right on the verge of overtaking Samsung for smart uh, smartphone sales in China. Is Samsung going to write a big, nice, big check? I would see basically what happens is China just says you can't sell your cell phones here anymore. Because Samsung is Korean. Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 strange. Yeah. All, 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 all I knew about Huawei was that they were up-and-coming Chinese cell phone manufacturer. Oh, they're way bigger than that. And, oh, they made a folding screen better than Samsung. There's more conspiracy theory for you. <laughs> I, th I think the big one um, is when Arm pulled their licensing from Huawei. And it's interesting because I was, I was looking online and a lot of people were saying it doesn't matter. Like, they would just pop in, like, RISC-V, which is an open source microcontroller core, uh, into their product, and then, bam, you know, they're not even slowed down. It's um, It amazed me how far people are removed, like software developers are removed from how hardware actually works, because it's not that simple. Well, <clears throat> APIs? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I mean, it, it is China, so, I mean, what would stop them from just ripping off ARM? Well, the thing is, if they, let's say, they ripped off ARM's licensing... All ARM has to do is say, basically, wherever ARM is got offices or or has um, trade agreements with, they say you can't import Huawei devices that are have our stolen, you know, IP in it. So basically, Huawei could only sell devices to China and Russia. Would basically be all it is, and then North Korea. So even if they ripped off, you know, ARM. That actually is probably the worst thing they could do. Couldn't they just make their own risk uh, CPU? Oh, yeah, they can use an open source CPU, but it's not as simple as, you know, removing the core and dropping your own core. It's all you have to have the, all the system integration, all the tools for compiling, all the like just integrating the core with all the memory right, architecture but, alone but a few, a few... is a science. A few minutes ago, you were telling me how huge this company oh, was. Oh, yeah. It seems like they, they could accomplish it, but it's not going to be like a flip the switch kind of thing. No, no. 
Well, I think I've, I was reading earlier today some other something else dumped them. They're like the Alex Jones of tech, like the SD card association or something else. Pretty yeah, the SD card major. branding. You can still they can still use SD so, cards, but you can't say they're like like the SD card logo and stuff. It's like the USB logo. So if you're a company like Google, uh, Google, obviously, okay, I'm going to be get political here. Google hates Trump and they still comply with this. Is that because they have to, or they risk, you know, federal I, problems? I don't know. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe Google they were suspended. Android yeah. Maybe they were presented with evidence that made them say, Oh, this isn't just, you know, a Trump tweet storm or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there hasn't been a lot of transparency. Yeah, transparency is a good word for it on this subject yet. Well, if it is actually some sort of national security issue, they wouldn't tell you more than it was absolutely necessary. That's true. Because like, if they tell you what they know, then they know they know and spy shit. Although, I mean, well... Devil's advocate. We spy on every other country. We affect other countries' elections, and then we whine about it. Uh, I mean, why? If you're China, why wouldn't you want to spy on us? I mean, we're their biggest mm-hmm. threat, and vice versa. It's just, you know, it's basically like Russia fifty years ago. Apparently, um, Huawei's also been pulled from the Wi-Fi alliance. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ouch. And Bluetooth. Oh, my God. So, okay. I'm just saying. So, if it was just Trump throwing a tenter, temper tantrum, but this, I don't know. There's some, It seems a lot bigger than that. And then Huawei says, you underestimate us. <laughs> so, who's got the high ground, Anakin? <laughs> you were the chosen phone company manufacturer. You made a folding phone that worked for more than five minutes. You underestimate my power. Soon you will turn to the Huey side, and your power will be complete. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we'll... I don't know. Just the the uh, the conspiracy theorist in me doesn't just think that it's about um, spying. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, if you're a country like with a trade war, if you can't compete with something, the next step is to use the government or your leverage in the government to damage your, your competitor. Oh, yeah. The trick is to always follow the money. Right, right. So if next year, oh, Samsung donates $100 million to Trump or something like that, then you're like, oh, and, you know, you don't see it, but, like, a lot of the big corporations, they donate to both sides. They don't make it public, but they do. I don't have much knowledge in that subject, so. <laughs> yeah, I, well, again, like you said, follow the money. Follow the money, because that's like, how the world works. Even in China, follow the money. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. Like, if, if you know, they're using their the government's control of business to, like, take advantage or have an advantage over us, then our companies might retaliate by using our government to take control over them or assert control. Sure. I guess I'm just saying it must be somewhat serious if all these companies are getting on board with it. Yep. Well, it could be, it could be a or else ultimatum from the U S government as well. That's a pretty rash thing to assert. Don't you think? I mean, because again, Apple said, go pound sand when our government wanted to backdoor the Apple phones. That's true. And you know why they like to backdoor the Apple phones? Even though they're only like 20% of the market now? Because all the rich people and politicians all use Apple. So it's like, oh, you're not spying on terrorists. You want to spy on your competition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty sad. I'm surprised there was no pushback. Well, we just don't know about that yet. We don't know if there was pushback or... You know, it's taking. It wasn't like on one day they all said, "You know, fuck off, Huawei." Um, it's taking a couple, like a couple months, actually, at this point. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait till the a little more information comes out. I think someone has to break the story. The uh, the Trump twenty twenty donor list that will. Oh, Cisco, Samsung, Arm. <laughs> Who else? Arm. Actually, this is actually probably bad for. Arm. Wait, what is what? Well, Arm would. Yeah, Arm doesn't benefit from it. No, Correct. not at all. Arm will lose yep. money from this. Like Samsung will gain money. Cisco will gain money. Arm will lose money. So uh, right yep. there, a company that's going to lose. Well, Google as well. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this is the just the people that are saying like because uh, like people are saying okay arm polls and the replacement is to use like risk v which is an open source alternative i don't know right. if i was risk v i don't know if i'd want my intellectual property even though it's open source to be used by an authoritarian dictatorship you mean the government or well, Huawei? Huawei is owned by, you know, China, so. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. There are so many companies, they, they, well, we talked about that with movies earlier. They don't care how much censorship is involved as long as they get the sweet China oh, money. Oh, yeah. Because we basically sent them all our money, and now we're trying oh, yeah. to get I some mean, of it I back. I mean, Google, you know, their don't be evil slogan, they have they a have they have a censored a censored version of yes. their site in China. Yes. Right. So it, don't be evil unless it makes you money. And that could be the title of this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of cases where American companies will put ethics aside to work in China just to get that sweet money. So what is different about this? Like was there something really catastrophic that we don't know about? Something that's classified? Who knows? Or it's just a different, um, you know, it's a situation where it's the, it's a U.S. Uh, security branch, and they're just like, if you do business with them, you you you're barred from trade. So what is what is the concern that there's uh, basically the the Huawei devices are spying? Oh yeah, like our but our cell phones spy on us, but it's okay because it's for an American company. Yeah, true. <sighs> It's silly. So you can spy on people all you want and have an NSA Pringles can in your living room. You know of what I speak. But as long <laughs> as it's from your own country, made in China, but not made by a Chinese company. Yes. Lovely. It's spying all the way down, man. <sighs> you know what? I'm okay with being spied on as long as I can, you know, get weather reports and control my lights uh don't publicize my search history all right well i guess in closing uh i think we'll know more about who yay when we see the 2020 presidential campaign contributions yeah we'll see if that's I, it, it's probably up there i mean isn't that how things work i mean that's well that's big business and government. Again, we complain about the Chinese government controlling their businesses, but in our own oh, country, yeah. our businesses funnel money to the politicians to get what they want. Yeah, it's it's just slightly different because those politicians aren't actually like employees of these companies. They're one step removed. Yeah, then it, in China, it's the government controlling the, the companies, and here it's the companies controlling the government. A little bit. Uh... <laughs> the uh what's interesting is a little quick tidbit is the there was a recent um like tariff increase on electronic devices and stuff and it's interesting on mm -hmm. what they chose for this recent increase because a lot of it is like pcb right. assemblies that go into x products and so i'm always like oh okay what senator has in their like state this thing that gets built like because one of them is like oh. pcba that goes into microwaves have a tariff increase so i'm like okay so what senator has a manufacturer that builds tvs on uh, the tvs uh, microwaves in their state <laughs> that's exactly oh, yeah. how it works there's no I mean, question like, about the, it the space launch system this that's exactly what that is 
It's just a way to keep paying people who make space shuttle parts. All right. Well, that was our latest episode of the Ben Heck Show podcast, and we discussed many topics, including who yay, which necessarily became somewhat political. Well, we didn't take any sides, though, so. Yeah, we were pretty, pretty rational with it. Yeah, who knows? I guess we'll, well, we'll probably, probably never not. actually. We'll know. we'll know in like 30 years when the redacted document comes out.